the solution to our current problems. It's long been evident that there is no significant problem in Australia, which if it were not created by the politicians, has not been made significantly worse by them. The politicians made a significant error with the virus as they had with previous issues. The problem they made with the virus was that they completely ignored world's best practice. When the virus came from Wuhan in China, it was very clear that world's best practice was that of Taiwan. The communist Chinese were telling everybody in the world not to have anything to do with Taiwan, and in particular, they ensured that Taiwan was thrown off the World Health Organization, and the person who was to run the World Health Organization would be a placeman of the communist Chinese. When our national cabinet met, they completely ignored world's best practice. Instead, they concentrated on modeling rather than on making their own judgment. The modeling was erroneous, it was exaggerated. It was probably very much influenced by some very poor modeling coming from a tradition of exaggerated modelling from Imperial College in London. And in fact, when the, when the modelling was shown to the National Cabinet, it contained a fantastic error, which nobody noticed. That is, the modelling said that there would be a need for 35,000 intensive care units. That is where people would be treated with respirators. This is an absolutely ridiculous number. We have but a handful of people at the moment in Australia in intensive care, less than 17 or 16. Here you had this ridiculous prediction and nobody, nobody in the National Cabinet noticed that. None of the army of public servants, most of whom have been turned into political public servants because they've done away with tenure at the top, nor with their vast armies of advisers, nobody noticed that the modelling was completely wrong. And they panicked. And they went ahead with a complete lockdown. Had they followed what had been done in Taiwan, there would have been no lockdown, a very tight entry requirement, and caring for the most vulnerable. Well, the Taiwanese have had seven deaths to date. They've got the same population, they're not remote as we are. They've had seven deaths. We've had over 800, almost 900, most of them in Victoria, that part of Australia where the state government is a client, was very close to the Chinese communists. Well, this is a terrible situation. Our leaders are doing ridiculous things. They are drunk with power. They're saying, for example, that you can't go to church but you can go to a tattoo parlour, that uh, so many people can go to a wedding, but only the wedding party can go into dance. In churches, the choirs can't sing. The situation is ridiculous. And don't think it's just Victoria. I can remember the horrific scene in New South Wales of mounted police 
going into Bondi Park, finding an old lady sitting alone on a park bench, enjoying her takeaway coffee and the mounted police harassing her and making her leave the park. Well, what's the solution? We don't have recall elections, that is, we can't do what can be done in many American states and one Canadian province, that is, have a certain number, say 10, 15% of the electorate sign a petition for a new election. We can't do that. There have been delays in the High Court in the case concerning the, the borders, the closing of the borders, very strange delays, which I don't quite understand. But there are solutions. The ultimate solution is for Australians to take back their country, and a theme I'll be dealing with more and more in this series, because there is a way for Australians to make the politicians accountable. There is a petition which you can look at, which summarises the ways in which that is quite achievable in Australia. But in the interim, there is a way, in the absence of the courts being used, because we are a constitutional monarchy. We do have all of the advantages of a constitutional monarchy. And the governors who represent the Crown do have ways in which they can deal with the situation. Accordingly, I've taken the liberty of writing an open letter to the Governor of Victoria, Linda Dessau, who was a judge before she was elevated to the position of Governor, but with copies to all the Governors of Australia. And what I've reminded her, and taken the liberty of reminding her, that she is endowed with certain rights. She is the steward of our democratic framework. That's what it says on her website. And she has access to powers which allow her to deal with extreme situations, to maintain democracy and to maintain the rule of law. She is the representative of the Crown. She exercises the powers of the Crown. And the crown is important in our political system, which is over 200 years old and which came to Australia in the middle of the 19th century. She is the representative of the crown and remember that the crown is important, not for the power it wields, but the power it denies the politicians. Their powers reserved to her and in particular, there are powers which can deal with a terrible piece of legislation which is in draft form, a bill, which has gone through the lower house, the Legislative Assembly, <clears throat> and which is good to go to the Legislative Council. That is the, the COVID-19 Emergency Measures Amendment Bill. And it is a terrifying bill, and it has upset eminent lawyers, jurists, a former High Court judge and others who play no political role, who have condemned it because it takes away, or it will take away, the elementary right to habeas corpus. That is, habeas corpus meaning have the body. This 
is the right, if you are detained, arrested by anyone, to be brought before a court, for the court to rule whether or not that detention is legal. And I've written this open letter to the governor, suggesting she either commence an independent investigation, which she would be entitled to do, and come to a conclusion about the bill, and even propose amendments. In fact, there is a provision in the Victorian Constitution which empowers the governor to propose amendments to a bill. And there are also her reserve powers. And I've suggested that in her next audience that she grants to the Premier, that she very nicely remind him of her reserve powers to appoint the Premier, to dismiss the Premier, which may well override those which came in with the four-year term, four-year fixed term, which was going to deliver, you might remember, good government to all Australia. They all promised that when they brought in four-year terms, four-year fixed terms. But I've also suggested to the government in this letter that she express her concern about the extraordinary number of deaths in Victoria, deaths of the elderly, the most vulnerable in the nursing homes, caused by maladministration undoubtedly, but that she should also express concern not only about the legislation, but about the fact that too many of the powers in relation to dealing with the virus are vested in ministers. This is called subsidiary legislation under Act of Parliament. Instead of this going to the Executive Council, this has gone to ministers, and it's not subject to the same scrutiny which this sort of thing would be subject to if it had gone to the Legislative Council, to the Executive Council. I've suggested to her that she express her concern that this should be changed and these should go to the Executive Council. And the, the most glaring example of this is in relation to the absolute ban, the almost absolute ban for ordinary people to travel outside of Australia. This is unjustifiable. It's done by regulations made by the Minister for Health. He does this under the Biosecurity Act, which authorises regulations to stop us spreading the disease in foreign countries. Now, to do that, all you have to do is have a regulation saying, have a test before you go overseas. But there's a virtual travel ban, which doesn't affect the elites because they get exemptions. But for the rest of us, for all of you, you have to go to some faceless bureaucrat, put in something and you argue a case. And in so many cases, people haven't been able to go overseas to attend funerals of relatives, to go to weddings or to do the things that people want to do overseas anyway. There's no reason why, subject to quarantine when you come back, that this shouldn't be allowed. And the those regulations are excessive and they're probably unlawful. The other that about which she should express concern, I would respectfully suggest, is that she should raise the question of border closures. And this should apply to all of the viceroys to all of the governors and the Governor-General. They should all be expressing concern because there's nobody else to look to. 
in our system. The courts are too slow. It takes too much time. It's only recently, for example, that the courts have dealt with the live cattle ban, which occurred under the Gillard government. The people who suffered under that are only getting justice now. They haven't even received their compensation, but they've only got an award very recently, many years after the Gillard government did that. You can't wait for the courts to give you justice. There has to be justice sooner. And it is in the hands of the viceroys, the governors, and the governors general where some pressure can be put on the premiers who seem to be power drunk, who seem to be doing what is not necessary, who should have initially followed world's best practice. And what we have, what we have in Australia at the present time is the very worst. We've had all these people killed through negligence, vulnerable people who should not have died, we have had an enormously expensive lockdown. People have lost jobs, lost businesses. A lot of it is camouflaged. The governments have imposed a depression. It's not a recession. It's the biggest, it's the only depression for a century. It's government imposed. A lot of it is camouflaged by job keeper and job seeker and grants to businesses. That can't continue. It's camouflaged by borrowing enormous amounts of money, which the next generation will have to pay. Politicians, politicians are responsible either for all of the most significant problems in Australia or for making them worse. That is why it is very important that Australians take back their country. Thank you. Thank you.